my sisters and brothers, as uh, as we heard the, the, that passage from the gospel, from uh, the, the gospel of St. John, this is actually uh, from the third chapter in St. John, and that chapter is actually divided into two uh, sections, and we read, or what was read on us was the second section, and it talks, as we heard, about Jesus starting to, to baptize, uh, adopting the model that John the Baptist started. That model, simply, John started teaching, people came, he talked about repentance, and people felt the, the, the word of God working in them, they felt their need to repentance, and they were baptized. That the model, that model, Jesus, as the, the gospel start telling us, uh, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into Judea, to the countryside, uh, where they spent some time and baptized. So, after this is linked to that first part of chapter 3, uh, which actually we read it uh, early uh, in the Matin, it was the Gospel of the Matin, and it was talking again about baptismal. That was the visit that uh, Nicodemus, the, the teacher, the great teacher of Israel, uh, discussed with Jesus. He went to visit him secretly at night, and uh, he was wondering about the salvation and about uh, the power of the teaching of, of Jesus and how this led to salvation. And Jesus directed him to baptismal. So, so that whole chapter is talking about baptismal. And as I told you, like the theme of all the readings early, uh, direct us to abide in God and God abide to us. Abide in God and God abide to us. And as I told you earlier, uh, St. Paul tells us this is the only way to receive the salvation. It's only Jesus who fulfilled the salvation. And for us to partake of that, we actually need to be in Christ, to be in Jesus, to abide in him. And St. John put the layer of the love. If we cannot love each other, God cannot abide in us because God is love. So with those two, two layers, I'm going to go with you through the, the, the gospel, the passage that we read from the gospel, and maybe contemplate on, on three steps or stages that we can... Uh, try to adopt, try to think about, try to exercise, maybe we can reach together this, the, the, the life of abiding in God. Abiding in God is not only a decision that we made, it's a life that we need to practice. And there are things that we really need to do to be able to reach that fulfillment, to reach this, the, the living continuously abiding in God. So maybe the first step, and I'll take that from the first few verses uh, that, that, uh, that was read on us from, from the gospel about the baptismal, John baptismal, the model of teaching, repenting, then baptismal, as the first step here, and I will call it, let us remove the barrier between us and Christ. Are there barriers? It's only actually one barrier. It's only one barrier between us and God which is the sin. So the first step, logically, if I want to abide in God, and God abide in me, I should try to remove the barrier between me and God, and that barrier is the sin. And that goes very well with those first few verses, where uh, the model of the baptismal of John, 
the Baptist, uh, the teaching, the repentance, the, 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 the purification. Um, we all have several spiritual practices in our lives. We come to the liturgy, we read the gospel, we go maybe to prayers meeting. And, and the way I see, the way I understand from those verses, those, this is the word of God that can work in our hearts. This is, those are the practices that allow God to go inside us and, and do his miracle to drive us to repentance, to lead us to repentance, remove the barrier. We all have all the spiritual practice. Let's be vulnerable to those practices. Let's allow the word of God to go in our heart and lead us to repentance. Let's have that will in every practice we do, whether it's a prayer, prayers that we do at home, uh, together on the level of the family, in the church. Let the word of God work in us to remove the barrier between us and the Christ. And again, this is, this is not something that I'm, I'm just uh, thinking we can try, we can start to try. This is the model that John the Baptist was adopting, and this is the model that Jesus Christ, knowing that John soon is going to be cast in the prison and going to be killed, and he wanted to save the people following John, he adopted the same. Even when we read the, the verse and it says... Um, After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean uh, countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Uh, if we go to the fourth chapter, which is like a few verses after that, uh, St. John is going to tell us uh, Jesus himself was not baptizing. Jesus himself was not baptizing. It's the disciples who were baptizing. So was he baptizing or was, was he not baptizing? Uh, uh, St. Augustine resolved this issue for us and tell us, actually Jesus starts to baptize, and he baptized his disciples, but then he focused on the teaching. He focused on the teaching and delegated the, baptize, the baptismal, the, the process, to his disciples. So always the teaching should lead us to, to, to the, the act of repentance, the, the will of repentance. I, I remember even Father John last week, he was talking about the heart of, of the servant. And he said, even if you are serving, even if you are the one who is actually preparing, even if you that who want to offer the teaching, the teaching has to touch your heart first. And you have to touch yourself and get into the, the, the feel of repentance. And that's all to remove the barrier between us and God. If we want to abide in God, number one, we need to remove the barrier. Number two, uh, that, that I would maybe uh, share with you as I, as I contemplated on, let's not leave room for Satan. And that's actually, St. Paul says that uh, almost word for word in Ephesians 4, verse 27. He said, do not give Satan footage. So how is that linked? If we go... Further, in the, in the verses that was read uh, on us in the Bible, in the, in the Gospel of St. John, today, uh, from verse 25, it says, Then there arose a dispute, a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. So what is that all about? Just to, 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 to clarify, the word purification usually 
used interchangeably at that time was the word baptismal, baptized. So when they had the dispute about the purification, that dispute was about the baptismal that Jesus was offering. So what basically happened here, when Jesus started to baptize, he wasn't far away from where John the Baptist is baptizing. It was actually maybe two or three miles in the, in the, in the, in the countryside of the Judea area. Uh, there are lots of crowd, hundreds, maybe thousands of people there. It's easy for both sides to know what's going on. So John knew that Jesus is baptizing, and Jesus, of course, knew that John is still baptizing. So what happened? The disciples of John, they got envious. They got envious. They said, you know, how come Jesus and his disciples are baptizing? This is John baptismal. And they even approached some of the Jews that were receiving baptismal from Jesus uh, or his disciples, and they tried to convince them that the baptismal should come from John. And they have actually an argument that Jesus himself was baptized by John. And if you remember the sermon uh, of the Feast of the Epiphany uh, just a few weeks ago, the one who baptizes is the more senior. The one who baptizes is the more senior. And even when Jesus approached John, and, and they had this conversation where John said, no, 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 I cannot baptize you. I, I don't, I'm not even worthy to go down and undo your shoelace. And Jesus said, no, you have to permit now. Not everybody around heard this conversation. Everybody saw that Jesus was baptized, so the, the, the heaven opened. He heard maybe uh, John's witness for Jesus, but still it remained that Jesus was baptized by John. So John is the senior. John is the teacher. John is rabbi. So, so when, uh, when the disciples of, of John had this conversation with uh, the Jews and they could not convince them to go back to, to John the Baptist, they ran and complained. They ran to their boss, you know, and they told him, you know, Jesus and his disciples are stealing our customers and you have to do something about it. So... Uh, they told him exactly, they told him, uh, and they came to John, that's verse 26, and said to him, Rabbi, and see how the, the, the sentence is going to go after that. He who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. And see the language, they call him Rabbi, like we are reminding you, you're senior here. And the one that you baptized, they didn't even mention the name of Jesus. And they know who is Jesus. They were actually monitoring him, baptizing, talking to him and his disciples. So they even didn't say the name. They were angry. They got angry. They, they felt that their, their service, their, their, their uh, ego, their, their spotlight is being taken away from us and being shifted to Jesus Christ. Um, and I call that point or that step, as I told you, do not give Satan footage. Do not give Satan footage. Let's remember what St. John told us in the Catholic epistle. And he said, it's not only enough to say, I love God. You have to love your brother. And he gave an illustration. He said, if you don't, if you can't love your brother that you can see, how are you going to love God that you cannot see? To abide in God, you need to love your brother as much as you need to love God. And that's why I'm saying here, let's not leave 
Satan uh, uh, footage. Let's not leave room for Satan. Once the evil ones see that we are trying to remove the barriers between us and God, we want to abide with him, the battle that he would launch against that would be much more stringent, would be much more difficult. He will fight us strongly to stop us from abiding from God. Um, and even St. Peter says, this is not going to be an easy fight. It's not going to be an easy fight. So he says uh, in, in, uh, in his first epistle, St. Peter, chapter 5, uh, verse 8, he says, be sober, like be careful, watch, because the devil is as a roaring lion, pacing about, seeking whom he may devour. So it's not going to be an easy fight. If we want to, to abide in Christ, the fight with the devil, with the evil one, will be tough. However, our fathers, when they contemplated on this verse of St. Peter about the lion and the roaring, this is really, really scary. Like, who can fight a lion? Well, maybe we can. Well, David did. But, but in the New Testament, in the New Testament, in the salvation that we received, in the Holy Spirit that's abiding in us already through baptismals, through the sacraments that we received, Satan doesn't have authority over us. Doesn't have authority over us. The fathers contemplate and say, Christ chained the evil one. Chained the evil one. So all the evil one can do is pace around and sell us his deception. Sell to us his deception. And his grace, Bishop uh, Paul, talked to us last week as well about the deception of the evil one. All what the evil one can do is decorate to us his deception. And it's up to us to buy or not to buy. It's absolutely up to us. That's exactly what happened with John's disciple. And I, I want myself and, and everyone to learn from that. Anything, anything, even if it is spiritual, that would threaten the love, then it cannot be from God. God is love. If God is there, love will be there, and peace will prevail. Peace comes with love. And vice versa. If love is not there, God cannot be there. God is light. God, there is no, God, no darkness can pre prevail with God. If we want to abide in God, we have to protect. We have to save. We have to work hard to keep the love and peace. And that's the sign. Any action, any uh, thought, any initiative, even if it is holy, the evil one can fight us even when we are praying, even when we are reading the Bible, even when we are here in the liturgy, through the thoughts, through the ideas. We have to be very careful. We have to be very watchful and do not leave room for, to the evil one. This is the second step if we want to abide in God. So number one, let's remove the barriers. And we remove the barriers by, by, by repentance. And maybe I should mention a little bit about that. Repentance is not difficult. It's not cumbersome. It's not, it doesn't take a long process. Even if we see our confession father every month or two months or three months, whatever, the arrangement with the confession father, we can, we can repent every day, every hour. Repentance is not only limited to the time of the confession. We should be offering repentance continuously. And it's very easy. It's all about raising our hearts and minds to God and telling him, you know, 
I committed this sin. I'm sorry. I accepted you. I'm sorry. This is repentance. It's a practice that we should do even every minute. Every sin we recognize that we committed, we should repent immediately. It's very easy. It's very quick. So, so let me go back. So let's remove the barrier by repentance. Number two, let's not leave room for the evil one. Let's not leave room for the evil one. And if we go through those two steps, then we are ready to start uniting with God practically on daily basis. And uh, maybe the verses that, that uh, I, I saw when I was trying to prepare contemplation today, and I, I saw uh, St. Saint, uh, Saint Augustine again. Uh, he uses... Verses, uh, he uses verses 29 and, and 30 of, of uh, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, the ones that we read, and he draw uh, a method, if you wish, a recipe, how can we really Unite and abide in God practically on daily basis. So those verses starts from 29. It says, He who has the bride is the bridegroom. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bride who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom. Because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine. He goes from the analogy of the bridegroom to himself. John speaking now. He said, therefore this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. So the little concept here. The bride, as St. Paul uh, uh, gave the example that we are the brides, we are offering ourselves brides to Jesus Christ. The groom is the Christ. We are the brides. Right? So, and then he says, he, and on Jesus Christ, has to increase and I has to decrease. So St. Augustine says, we use this as a method to unite with God. We get ourselves, our egos, our desires to decrease and God to increase. And I say how. We all in our lives come to decision-making points. You know, and, and I, I'm sure and I pray that every one of us, whenever we are in those crossroads and, and major decisions in our lives like marriage or career or moves, that we really seek the voice of God. We want to hear Him. We want to know if, if my decision conforms with the will of God or I'm going in the opposite direction. We all try and pray to hear that voice. And sometimes we feel it's easy, sometimes it's difficult. But, however, those decisions, those major decisions, are not the only decisions we are making in our lives. We make decisions every day. Maybe they are not as impactful on our long-term life plans as the major ones, but they are impactful. They can build or break people. You know, when, 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 I, when I'm lining at, at that cashier and, and they don't greet me and I snap on them, well, maybe I ruined their day. Maybe, maybe they are so fragile and I made that decision to revenge for myself. It's a decision that I made. You think it's not a decision? It is a decision. When, when somebody at work provoked me to, to have a dispute, 
And uh, I, have, I, I have the, the choice here whether to, to go down that route and has the dispute and destroy peace, even if it is on, on the level of work, or I know I, I'll, I'll keep the peace. I'll be wise. It's a decision. We make decisions every day, every hour, maybe even every minute. All those decisions, we need them to be according to God's will. And the only way to do that is having God completely living and filling us, having God inside us. I remember also Father John once gave this example. It's like a glove and a hand. And God, if, he, if God fills us, it's like that hand completely filling that glove. That's how we need God to be living in us. How can we do that? <clears throat> I tried to find the easy way. You know, uh, I'm, my background is, is science. I do bench work. And I like to follow the recipe. I like to get a protocol and go through the protocol. So I tried to figure out a protocol. How can we do that? And the first game that came, first thing that came to my mind is the We Fit game. I know if anybody of you tried We Fit and you put your foot on this platform, one foot here, one foot there, and there was a balance game. There is a balance game where you try to balance yourself and get, get two circles inside each other. Two circles inside each other. So that's what we're trying to do here. My circle and God's circle. And we're trying to get them on top of each other. Not only that, my circle, because I make my own decisions and I'm not fully, fully abide in God, not fully giving way to His will, to rule of my life, my circle is actually bigger. So I want those two circles to come on top of each other and my circle to go smaller and His circle to go bigger. So how can we do that? Let's go and see, did anybody do it before? Has anybody done it in a way that is confirmed that we see what he did and follow the protocol? See, you know, a proven protocol, a verified protocol, a validated protocol, and we follow the protocol. So I found actually uh, one of the Old Testament characters, and we all love uh, King David. Excuse me, King David. King David... Uh, in, in the second book of Solomon and also of, uh, sorry, of Samuel and also uh, in the book of Acts, King David was witnessed for by God that his heart, the heart of David, is according to the heart of God. Is according to the heart of God. It's not Samuel who said that. It's not David who said that. It's God who said that. He said, I looked up David's heart, the heart of David, my servant, and I found it according to my heart. According to my heart. So, according to my heart. So at least we have a reference. That didn't stop it, really. Okay. So at least we have a reference from God himself that Somebody was able to get his heart to be exactly according to God's heart. So let's see what David did and try to follow. And that's the recipe that I would leave you with. So what David did, David was praying. David was praying all the time. St. Paul also tells us that. He said, pray all the time. Pray all the time. So how can you pray all the time? Like are we going to leave our lives and hold the Akbeya book or another prayer book and just keep going the whole day? 
this is it's not practical it's not doable even like you know when when we go and visit monasteries we don't see more monks leaving you know living their whole life just holding the prayer book and just praying so there must be another way david himself he says about himself he said but for me i'm a man of prayer i'm a man of prayer so how was he doing it so i'll i'll, I'll start maybe giving you uh, some steps that i feel for myself i would like to do and and I, i i have faith that if i will follow that this recipe god the two circles of me and god will get closer and maybe i can get decreased and god increased so we all have idle times in our lives all of us we all have idle times whether it's a commute time it's drive time it's uber time lining for uh, for a cashier lining at starbucks uh, waiting for a doctor in a doctor's office we all have idle time so let's start with the idle time in our lives the idle time in our day nowadays thank goodness technology can sometimes help us to reach god in the old days if i want to to pray or if i want to read the bible i need to carry a physical bible and walk with it which was not very practical but now you know we all have bibles and songs and everything on our phones and we can use that we can use our idle times to pray or to read the bible so so let's say we'll start investing the idle time by prayer but sometimes you feel what would i say you know when we when we stand up with the with the with the agbeya book we say let's give thanks to the fish of god the father of our lord you know but is this our prayers is this coming really from our hearts is that really what we want personally to tell god maybe it's not what would we say so i i thought of a little you know way to bypass this problem and it's something that sometimes we teach even in our practical life in in our jobs in our businesses tell you if you get a question and you don't know the answer you start smiling and say excellent question all excellent questions don't have answers right so it's an excellent question and then you paraphrase the question you said really you know flying cows can go on the moon that's very interesting right you just paraphrase the question and your you know your mind is computing very very quickly to find an answer so let's take this piece in the middle paraphrasing what we were told and telling it back with 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 god and this is not something that i'm just inventing we always do that so let's pray to god with his words with his words what are the words of god it's it's the bible it's it's whatever written in 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 every book in the bible the church does that the whole liturgy that we're going to pray all taken out of the bible all so it's not wrong to pray to god with his own words so we can open a book in any book in the bible a favorite book and start reading and talk to god about that verse god i don't understand that god i'm not convinced with that god can i practice that god is this promise applies to me and believe me the miracle is going to start here the miracle as we understand it it's all about you know curing the sick or or uh, a cancer patient that they operate on him and 
and bang, the, the cancer disappears without therapy. Well, those are miracles. Those are miracles. But those are not the most difficult miracle. Remember when the paralytic person that his friends just descend in front of Jesus, when he was sitting in a house and it was crowded, and Jesus started saying, your sins are forgiven. And people, what is doing that? And he asked them, what is easier to do? To forgive the sins or to make a paralytic person walk again? And of course, the more difficult one is forgiving the sins. Sins can, can you know, cure the sick and even raise that. But forgiving the sin is only God. It's God's work. This is the real miracle. If God starts to work in my heart when I read his words and pray back to him, this is a miracle happening in my heart right now, right, right then. This is a miracle that will drive me to repent. This is the miracle. And sometimes it is happening, but we don't recognize it. And sometimes it's of God's mercy that it is happening and we are not recognizing it. I remember many, many years ago uh, in Egypt when we were giving like, you know, lessons and, uh, uh, you know, in, in Sunday schools. And even once here too in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, Manitoba, we're talking about how the angel appeared to St. Mary. How the angel appeared to St. Mary in the Annunciation. And a girl said right there, she said, you know what? If this happened to me, I'm going to die. I cannot stand to see an angel in front of me. And maybe yes, maybe it's true. So sometimes God is working in our life, but we don't feel it. And that's of God's mercy. Because maybe we, we cannot bear it at this point. But the more the two circles get on top of each other, the more my circle gets smaller and God's circle gets bigger, the more we follow uh, what St. John said, that he must increase and I must decrease, the easiness to accept God's work in our heart will be there. We will see it. Uh, so I don't want to make it long. That's long enough. So I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up that the first step to, uh, to abide in God is by removing the barriers. Number two, let not give room to the evil one. Let's protect love. The third one, let's pray as much as we can all the time. Let's, let's use our idle time in praying. We don't have something to pray. Let's open something from the gospel and pray to God his own words. We will not get bored. We will not get bored. David said, I saw your words like honey and I ate them. I saw your words sweet as honey, and I ate them. Uh, and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.